okay, well I'm recording. Okay, hang on a minute. So I'm just gonna do lots of shuffling as I get way. <laughs> way. I, I, I put my there knee were socks. down on. It's okay, they were just socks, it's fine. I put my knee down on something and I wasn't sure. I wasn't it entirely wasn't sure. It wasn't me, it's okay. 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 Ow, 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 I hurt, ow, ow. Ow, ow the pain. Ow. Are you quite done? Ow the pain. Oh. Yeah, I'm done now. Okay. One more. Okay. Ow, ow. Okay, done now. Was that it? That was it. Are you done? Right. Well. 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 <laughs> well. Here we are then. Um, yeah. Do, are we? Are we? Are we recording? Uh, are we recording a frith cast, or are we just recording ourselves for for for, for thingamies and giggles? Or are we going to stand around and fight? Are we just <laughs> going to stand around, or are we going to? Fight? Are we going to fight? <laughs> <laughs> Manners maketh man. Do you know what that means? <laughs> Hello. Hello. So, I believe this is episode 56, isn't it? It is. 56, crikey, who'd have thought it? I know. It's alright though. It's, it's good enough. I think it's good enough. It will be. Nobody's told us otherwise. Not yet. Uh what are we going to... Should we do music now? and that, Or do you want to talk a bit first? No, no, we can do music whenever, Chuck. Let's, well, let's do music now. Okay. And then we can talk after. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Sorry. It's better. Okay. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to episode 56 of Frithcast. 56? No, I'm not going to bother. No. I'm not going to bother. Too soon. Okay. Not too soon. Whatever the opposite of too soon is. Well worn? Worn out? Worn out, yeah. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, not soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work. Hello, dear. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> What are we going to talk about today? Well, I just catch my breath back. Okay. No, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd have a chat today. We'd better do some introductions first. That would be a good just idea. Just in case you are a new, shiny, lovely listener around the virtual campfire. Which you might well be. Marshmallows are down by the side somewhere. Grab or, a coffee, have a bun, settle in, pull up a log, keep your knees warm. Or Hello. you might have just forgotten who we were. I mean, I for one am not very memorable. So, you know. Okay. Passing over that. Who are okay. you again? I don't know. Oh, we're going to find out in a minute because you're going to introduce yourself. That's ah! right. Yes. Yes. So, for you new lovely listeners, I'm Suzanne Martin. And I am Kate. Uh, and I'm not 
an ambassador for anything because I'm a terribly undiplomatic person. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I couldn't. No? No. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Ferrero Rocher every I'm going to say, I could eat all those wee little round <laughs> chocolates that they, they get those all the time. I'm sure the people who work in... Di- I am so down for a whole pile of those, I'm good for that. Do you know, I can imagine people who work in di- diplomatic circles just get so sick of jokes about that. I mean, how long ago was that advert? I don't know. Decades! It's like the dude in the jeans that ran through all the walls. Okay, moving on. Was that an advert? Yeah. I thought I hallucinated that. <laughs> about a fantasy situation it's a nice segue by the way too much cheese <laughs> too much cowbell <laughs> I can never have enough cowbell you cannot have enough cowbell always more cowbell always more cowbell I'm going to have to stop moving around because I'm making this surface like rustle and it's right. going to show up on the recordings okay sorry about that take a spot okay alright so now you're all settled in round the virtual campfire mm-hmm. for me I love a good story and I especially love a good story when it's either Viking-themed, heathen-themed, or it's got images and elements of that in it. Love that. So I thought we'd have a chat today about... I like stories about spaceships. I know. Sorry. There's one in here, don't worry. There's one in my list with spaceships in it. Get off! Vikings and spaceships! Oh, yeah. How'd you do that? Well... Tell me all about it in, I, in, yeah, uh, when yeah, we get when, when we get, get to it. it. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. It. So... What you have got in fiction, mm-hmm. which is the stories and the made-up stuff part of the library, rather than the non-fiction, which is the historical or serious part of the library. Okay. The, the non-fantasy side of the library. So you have some fiction that is Viking-based or Norse-themed, which is based in the Viking Age mm-hmm. or the Anglo-Saxon Age. I'm thinking of books like Bernard Cornwell's The Last Kingdom. I've heard of this. Which has just been adapted to, to television and the books are superb. I have never read them. Really rather fond. But you go from that to books that have very much elements of Norse imagery or that kind of very much sort of fatalistic black humour that runs through their society that I associate very, very much with the, they the did, Viking era. Yeah, they did have a they did have a certain glee in the face of death. They did. And you know, death came around to tea quite often in the Viking age yeah. and, and and came and settled in quite a large amount. They were much more familiar with it then than I am now. And you would have to say, not today. Not today. What do we say? And the only thing a man can do is laugh back. Yeah. Yeah. And so the pointy end goes in the other man. The pointy end always goes in the other man. Thank you, Sirio Florel. <coughs> I'm still kind of hoping he's alive, even though I haven't seen him for six seasons. Well, he's only got like eight episodes, doesn't he? I know. He? Or something. To... I would have kind of liked it if he'd have kind of just zoomed up at the end. Or if he'd have been a faceless man, because that would have been very I was going to say, I thought, we decided, I thought we decided he was one of these face dancers. These... Oh. These, uh, that no, not the face dancers. So That's the awesome. Twilight Sue, isn't it? Who am I thinking of? The faceless men. The faceless yeah. men, yeah. The, the, the assassins. The, the house of black and white. Or yes. Yeah. yeah. That would be so cool. It would be rather good. But I've never seen his face in the Hall of Faces, so I don't know. He could have just been... It's a big hall and we've only seen a few. Yeah, good point. Should we just talk about Game of Thrones or do you want to... <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> if I start with Bernard Cornwell's The Last Kingdom, do so. It's a series of books, and it looks at the clash between the Norse and the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms through a protagonist who is a bit of both okay. and ends up fighting on both sides for the Danes and for the English at various points of the story. And it's a very, very nice series to get into. That's complicated. To get the feel of what that society might have been like going through that huge period of turmoil. Mm. You also have books like Michael Crichton's Eaters of the Dead. Now, that one I've read. That one you've read. Go on then. Eaters of the Dead, uh, I, although I have to confess, I have actually read it. I'm not a great... I, I used to be a, like a voracious reader. Mm-hmm. But I have to admit, I've tended to, to, to lean towards the visual media. Yeah. Of like, reading is a... Vi- Re- Let me say that again. I've tended to go toward, more towards screens than pages of late. Yeah. But I do know that Eaters of the Dead was kind of converted into the 13th Warrior. It was. The film. Yeah. With uh, Antonio Banderas. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that was, that was rather good. But, but please, you know, don't, <clears throat> no, no, don't, right. don't, don't let me, don't let me butt in. That was, uh, that was essentially the, the book and it's like 1971, I think, something like that. It's quite an old book, but yeah, you're right. It is an account based on the Ibn Fadlan account, yeah. which then the 13th Warrior was Isn't it very, off. very loosely based on Beowulf as well? Give or take, he weaves elements of that in. Hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it's worth a read in its own right. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's it's a very it's based on historical account, but he also weaves some fantasy elements in with it. And if you go from that to Neil Gaiman, oh Neil Gaiman, American Gods, yes, and recently Norse mythology, yes, both very much readaptations of Norse myth. Uh, American Gods has several Norse gods in it. Yeah. Norse mythology pretty much has all of them in all it. Of them. <laughs> They're all in there. The whole works. If you pair that with Joanne Harris's The Gospel of Loki, which I got to admit is a favourite. This is the one that sort of takes the, the myth cycle but looks at it from his perspective. Yes. And it, in... it completely gave me a completely <clears throat> different point of view to look at the myth cycle from. Mm. And the reason why certain decisions get got made certain ways, her understanding of the gospel of Loki is was quite illuminating for me. I sat and did a lot of reflection on that book, yeah. even though it's a fictitious account based on the myth cycle, but from a completely different point of view. Yeah, but you know how I feel about, about that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, wisdom is wherever you find it. Is wh- Yes, you get... Things like uh, Paul Anderson's The Broken Sword, yeah. Iceland by Betsy Tobin, Giants of the Frost by Kim Wilkins, um, Douglas Adams' The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. Yes. If you like very, very surreal British humour and you've never read any Douglas Adams, you might just find you get on with that. This is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Guy. Yes. Did another... I won't say series of books. I think there were two in the in the in the series. The first was Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, and the sequel to that was The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. Yeah, which does involve uh, a certain Norse god crashing through the ceiling. <clears throat> a number of them, actually. I think it has. <laughs> I think it has a few of the yeah. few of the Norse gods in it. It's been a long time since I've read it, to be honest. But yeah, I, did. I might dig that one out again. Yeah, I do do quite like 
a book like that that will give me a fresh take mm. on Norse mythology or characters from Norse, myth- Norse mythology. Yeah. If you look at authors like Giles Christian's, uh, Christian, you get books like Blood Eye, which again is like Bernard Cornwell. It's a historical one set in that period. Yeah. A long, long time ago, there was a book called The Long Ships by okay. Franz, let me get his surname right, Bergston. Bergston? Or Bergs. Yeah, Bergston. And you get The Sea Road by Margaret Elphinstone, and they're also very much historical novels set in that period. I've heard of The Sea Road. Never read it. Should hope you have. It's on my bookcase next door. That be why I've heard Virtual of it. Campfire. Yeah, well, yes, of course, yes, yes. The handy tree-shaped bookcase that yes. just happens to be there when I need it. The uh, the, the back room where the, where the computer is in the forest. In the forest. <laughs> the, myst- <laughs> the mystical forest computer yes. room. mystical forest computer room, power, everything. <laughs> um, if you want one that's got Norse themes and imagery in it but isn't set in an explicitly Norse setting, give Joe Abercrombie's Half a King trilogy a go. Because okay. that has, for me, that has the, it has a lot of el- elements of Norse society in it, but it isn't, it's set in a fantasy world. Okay. It's not set in a historically accurate place like Bernard Cornwell's. But it's, the society there is based on, on the historical. Yes and no. Okay. It's kind of blended with fantasy a little bit. Yeah. And it's, but it's got that very, very black fatalistic humour that runs through it. Hmm. So I really thoroughly enjoyed his trilogy. Okay. If you're looking at more of young adult books, so young adults aged 9 to 14, okay. give or take, you've got things like The Seafarer's Kiss by Julia Ember, mm-hmm. and that is a bisexual retelling of the Norse story, The Little Mermaid. Okay. Fabulous. <laughs> Do like it. If you want... If it works, it works. Well, yeah. If you want ones that very much... I know you mentioned Beowulf. Mm-hmm. You've got The Eaters of the Dead. <clears throat> if you're looking for something a little bit more fiction-based, um, look at The Boneless Mercies. It's another young adult. Okay. But it's got a female pack of female warriors instead of Beowulf and company. All right. Or you can go for something like The Mere Wife, which is the story of Beowulf and Grendel, but from a completely different point of view. I remember you telling me about that. Oh, that's the one that's set in the modern day, isn't it? That blew my brain right open, and it's utterly, utterly gorgeous. Mm. Utterly gorgeous, and is a completely different way of approaching the Beowulf narrative. Mm, mm. And some of the things in that you were just like, "Oh, that makes so much more sense now." Okay. Um, but yes, it's a Beowulf narrative set in the modern day. There's a good dollop of queer in there, which. <laughs> works for me not that not that, not that we tend to read a lot of queer books or anything no no, no. not that i've got whole shelves full of them <laughs> this one sort of reached my two loves in literature very very well fair enough and it deals with ptsd and ex-soldiers okay so it's very much a modern retelling of beowulf but again from a completely different point of view from a point of view i didn't expect yeah Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the book and went back and read it again. Started from the beginning once I turned the last page and I was like, oh, I get it now. Nice. Quite like that. If you're going to go slightly younger, yeah, then um, you're going to go down into middle grade, which is, you know, early readers, seven, eight years old and up. 
You've got the Magnus Chase series by Rick Riordan. Okay. So he did Percy Jackson. Oh, the Lightning Thief. The, the, the whole Greek, Greek, Greek mythology. Gods. Yeah. Magnus Chase is his Norse mythology series. Okay. So there's a whole series of books there that oh, wow. have Norse imagery in, and again, like the Magnus Chase, like the like Percy Jackson. Yeah. They have that kind of imagery and mythology woven into what's going on. Quite like those. I actually watched um, Lightning Thief, I mm. think, quite a while ago. Um, I, I, I didn't think it was that bad, actually. Yeah, I quite liked it. For, I, the, I, for I, being able to weave Greek mythology into modern-day society. Yeah. Yeah, quite, quite nicely done. Yeah. The Magnus Chase series deals with Norse mythology, Norse... Oh, you know, objects of the gods, Norse gods, yeah. are all in there. Oh, I didn't know about that one. There's another one called Secrets of Valhalla. Okay. Which is very much, again, two younger children working out and having that connection to Norse mythology in the modern day. Yeah. Um, there's a fabulous graphic novel called Hilda and the Troll. Hilda and the Troll? Hilda and the Troll. Okay. And if you want to circle all the way back to Mr. Gaiman, he wrote a children's book called Odd and the Frost Giants, which is Norse-themed, which makes me a very happy person. (laughs) And I did want to circle back. Mm. You mentioned right at the beginning, spaceships. Yes. If you've seen the film Thor Ragnarok and you wanted an entire film about the Valkyrie character... Oh, yes, Character please. Of Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. There's a book called All the Windwrecked Stars. Okay. Which is Valkyries in Space. Oh. How good is that? That's good. <laughs> How that good is that? Good. Elizabeth Bear. Okay. Um, but there is, I think, in especially in modern literature, you've got this huge sort of kick, especially with the series, things like TV series Vikings. Yep that echoes into fiction and children's literature right the way down to picture books, graphic novels. Mm. Because it's in the public consciousness, people tap into that. Yeah. Which means that's great because there's a shed load of books on my, on my bedside <laughs> table that I can just go, I don't fancy reading archaeological reports tonight or I don't fancy reading Norse theology tonight. I think I'll pick up a Norse-themed book instead. Yeah. So I tend to really thoroughly like those. Aside from the odd episode of Doctor Who in the 1980s with the lovely Sylvester McCoy, who was my Doctor, even though I saw ones earlier than him, Sylvester McCoy was the one I I caught the full run of. Yeah. yeah. And he had, was it Children of Fenrir? Vikings coming out of the, like, space Vikings wading ashore. I've got an image in my head of that. What was that serial called? I don't Um, know. Was it a five-part? episode something like children of fenris or children of fenrir i'll i'll yeah, yeah it was definitely i'm fairly sure i remember the the, the main monster was called fenris in mm. that because i remember because when i first started reading about fenrir um i remember wondering why it was it anyway but yeah I, I remember that one and it was it was like shambly vampires coming out of the sea yeah hemovores mm, something going Lovely listeners, we're going to put all the links in. Yeah, we'll dig it out. We'll, we'll find it. Including in the... the one to Doctor Who. <laughs> so, so this is a bit of a shorter episode. Sylvester McCoy had some really good stories. In the, in the beginning of his run, because he was the last one before it went into hiatus. 
Yes. And then it and then it didn't come back until Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, apart from the there was the there was the the, the Paul movie Paul McGann Paul yeah. McGann movie, but um, Sylvester McCoy had there was going to be a lot like a darkening of of the stories and stuff. Yeah. Um, the the something. The Cartmel Master Plan. That's it. Uh, the guy I forget his name his first name somebody Cartmel who was who had been taken on as the new kind of producer or showrunner or whatever and he was he was going to try and take it a bit more dark and a bit more mysterious mm. and then they then they bloody suspended it which i thought was a real shame and we never got to kind of find out what i mean bits of it have, have sort of cropped up in yeah you um, see i remember there being sort of space vampire vikings in that yeah to be honest if we went into viking films and viking tv shows you'd have to have the tv show vikings in there yeah and that would probably be a whole extra episode on its own because I know it's there not, are dozens of them. I know it's not strictly Vikings, but yeah. there was the semi-CGI version of Beowulf. There was. With Angelina Jolie covered in gold paint. There was. That was she wasn't covered in gold paint, she was CGI'd in gold, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. That. I remember that one. Mm, I wonder why. I can't Coming back to books, there is one author that's kind of... He's sort of the the big rock that starts the avalanche. And you might not have heard of him, uh, Tolkien. He's kind of a lesser known... I... You the, know. the name's ringing a bell. He does, um, yeah. Now, did he... He did the thing about the, the guy with the hairy feet, didn't he? He did. That whole kind of obscure book that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. Big Journey... Mountain at the end. I mean, I've, I I obviously read it, you know. Uh, I know because, you're good uh, with obscure stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, well, I, I I stay away from the mainstream, you know. You know what? I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tolkien. No. No. No Tolkien. Tolkien. Okay. No. No Tolkien. Tolkien's his The Hobbit, which he wrote for his children, yep. and the subsequent huge monster fantasy epic that was. The Lord of the Rings, and all the follow-up backstory history for that, because he was an Anglo-Saxon professor. Yeah, a lot of Anglo-Saxon imagery and mythology. He was a linguist, wasn't he? Because worked he his way. Yeah, he I, was. I seem to recall. I I think I read something somewhere that basically, basically, I think he was he. I think it was him saying that he'd essentially written the Silmarillion because he wanted to invent languages. And he needed a story to put them in. <laughs> how do you even... I can't. No. I forgot how to English. I do, no. So his book, The Lord of the Rings, is probably... It's a huge fantasy epic book turned into a series of films a few years ago. Mm. The Hobbit probably could have been two films and not three, but that is just was, my opinion. I was going to say, the Hobbit, the Hobbit was a little epic, a little yeah, mini epic, turned like into far too many films. Stretched out like a Hobbit's second breakfast, really. Yeah. It was kind of <laughs> a little bit too extra for it my liking. But, what? But, yeah. uh, now, but, there's, the, but now you say it, I mean, there are bits of, there are bits of the, 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 the ring cycle that appear all the way through a lot of the... a lot of those books, because... I mean, obviously, you've got the the, the magic ring, you yes. know, which I suppose arguably it's a cursed ring, and everybody's trying to get. Yeah. You know. um, but I'm thinking of um, isn't the story of Smaug mm. from 
Fafnir. The Hobbit. Fafnir. Yes, I was trying to remember Fafnir. the name of the dragon. Um, this we will probably do as a story time because it's Sigurd and Fafnir and it's part of the ring cycle. Yeah. That's Nibelung. And it's a very, very long... However many ingungungs it has. Yeah, one of those. It's a much longer Germanic hero's tale. Yeah. So it doesn't... It's not like the sagas where it focuses on a family or the family dynamics between a family. Yeah. It's not like the myth cycle which focuses on the gods. It's kind of a something else. It's basic because it's constant. It's it's focused on the the ring. The yeah. the, the I mean, it's not the one. It's not a finger. It's not a finger ring, is it? It's no. a, it's, a, it's a, an, arm, an ring. arm ring. Yeah. Um, but it it always puts me in mind a little bit of um, going back to was it the eighties? I think mm. um, they had a stab, and I can't remember who did it. Um, but they had a stab at doing the Lord of the Rings in sort of semi-animated form. Okay. So there was a film that was released, and it had music by Leonard Rosenman, who did the the the, the theme from Star Trek Four as well. Um, but it had it was an it was a it was a primarily animated film, um, <clears throat> like animated over live action. Kind That's of, right, yeah. and it had whenever it had sort of lots of stuff going on in the background, like hordes of orcs and mm. stuff. It was actually live action actors, but drawn over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was a fascinating sort of um, effect to it, mm. but it wasn't. It, they they ran out of money and they 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 sort of finished in the run up to the um, Battle of Helm's Deep, uh, and that was kind of where it where it, where it that finished. would have been a beastie, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, and they never got round to, to 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 sort of finishing it off. But there's there's a bit at the beginning of that, and it's like the first few minutes of that is essentially following the ring. Yes, and it goes from uh, when when it. Uh, Isildur cuts it off Sauron's hand. Yeah. Um, and it goes from there to Isildur takes it and then he sort of loses Dyer's it. Dies, gets and, shot and it, in the river. Yeah. And then... And then uh, Smeagol picks it up. Out of the river. Well, uh, Smeagol's brother. Deagle picks it up. That's Deagle right. And then Smeagol murders him to get it. To get, yes. Uh, and it basically, and it just follows, and that's how I always imagined sort of the ring cycle because it, it, it is it, it's essentially it's following, following the item, isn't it? Yeah, it follows the item as it weaves through, and things like the riddles in the dark, chapter yeah. four, yes, is very much based on the Anglo-Saxon tradition of riddling. Yeah, yeah. And things like Smaug having a missing scale, which Bard shoots with an arrow. That's Fafnir. That's Fafnir. Only Fafnir is a groundworm. Yeah. And Sigurd uh, digs a pit. Hides in a hole. Hides in a hole underneath the track that he knows Fafnir is going to come down every day. And when he puts his sword point up through the covering and hears it clink off every scale. And when there there is no clink, he stabs upwards. So Fafnir and... Smaug both have that missing scale over their heart. That's right. It's it's almost an exact transpose of those imageries and that trope within each story. And the dragon in Guards, Guards. Yes. By Terry Pratchett, because there's that discussion. They're all standing on the roof trying to work out what they're going to do about the thing. And Fred Colon says, oh, you have to hit it in its vulnerables. (laughs) Yes. It's got got a vulnerable (laughs) spot. It's got a vulnerable. You have to hit it in the vulnerables. Yeah. So it's it's there. That imagery kind of transcends and starts coming in in other stories like Pratchett. And uh, yeah, so Tolkien's work probably 
comes in before most of these other authors that I've mentioned. But if you want to go on a bit of a reading spree... And you we'll do, put, you do. Of course you, you do. You really do. Of course you do. Because it's interesting, even if you're very much a scholar and you like the scholarly works, it's interesting to see how that translates into fiction and how an author treats that material. Yeah. Do they take it wholesale and try and recreate it historically, like Bernard Cornwell, Last Kingdom series? Do they take aspects of it and weave it in with fantasy? Or do they take images and concepts from it and put just those into a fantastical setting? Mm. And, of course... I, I, you know, I didn't. Me- we didn't mention, of course, that um, Lord of the Rings takes place in Middle Earth. Yes, Midgard. The Midgard. Mm. Yeah, very much transposing a shed load of Anglo-Saxon Germanic uh, history, ideas, imagery straight into a fantasy setting. Yeah. Very, very strong. So the, for me, the the scale between historical realism and pure fantasy, just with a hint of Norseness in it is this huge, big scale yeah. that you can put all of these books on, give or take. <laughs> um, and you know, depending on what you like, if you like your historical realism, there are books, the fiction books that cover that. Mm-hmm. If you like your fantasy with a Norse theme, there are books that cover that. Yeah. If you like your surreal British humour, there are books that cover that. <laughs> If you like your space Valkyries, I got a book for it. And and, and we <laughs> you do. do. We do. Of course you do. So we'll put links <laughs> to all of these titles. Begins with a B. Booze Hag. <laughs> Booze Hag. I did to call her that. Um, if you would like to find any of the details about any of the books, you kind of know where to find the show notes by now. They're on. Podbean. Not if you're new, you don't. Not if you know. If you are new with us, lovely listeners, we Welcome. do a set of Welcome. show notes. Welcome. On the we Podbean, love that you're here. On our outlet on Podbean, we put a set of show notes up. So these contain links to the things that we talk about mm-hmm. in the episode. Come to the Podbean site. All the episodes are free there. Anyway, even if you've listened to the episode and you just want to find a particular link, you've then got all of the stuff. And you can just wander through it at leisure. The library is your friend. Let's say, though, yes. that uh, despite the comprehensive show notes, one of our dear listeners, beloved listeners, delicious listeners... Steady. OK. ...wishes to know a little bit more. I mean, you know, it might be that they want to ask you a question about, about your... It's your, all good, your, yeah, your come do it. Fiction <laughs> yes. and, and so on. How would they go about doing that? That was an awesome segue. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you, I thought so. If you would like to find me online and talk books, I am all good for this. Please do. Okay. That would be fab. Um, and if you've got books with a Norse theme or historically Norse literature that you think, hey, she didn't mention that, come and tell me. That'd yeah. be awesome. I'm always good for finding new stuff to read. Yeah, yeah. throw these fun. things at us. Yeah. If you would like to find us online, I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm on Facebook as Suzanne Martin. I'm also on awesome. Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. Drop me a message. Drop me a friend request. Drop me a follow. It's all good. Drop me a message on those DMs. Like, share things. and subscribe. Oh, no, hang on. That's, no. that's YouTube. Sorry. Yeah, that's not us. No. No. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Don't forget to click the little bell to make sure. No, we don't do. We don't have that. We have a little bell. No, it's YouTube. 
Oh, they always okay. say on YouTube, don't forget to like, share and subscribe and click the little bell so that it gives you a notification when the person you've subscribed to posts another video. Oh, okay. You see, but we don't have that on Podbean. Well, I don't know that we have that on Podbean. Maybe no, we I do. Mean, they I can, don't know. Yeah, they can follow us. Can or they? alternatively, new episodes will be out on the 1st and the 15th of every month. That's the calends and the Ides of every month. Thank you, Ms. Romano, British Druid. Sorry. Just thought I'd mention it. <laughs> You know how to find me online now. Mm-hmm. Kate, do you want to see where the lovely listeners come and come and hang out with you, should they wish to do so in the virtual space? If you're really, really, really bored and you can't think of anything better to do or anybody better to communicate with, you can find me online on Twitter and Facebook as Kate Coldwind. And uh, I do occasionally, very, 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 very occasionally <laughs> uh, post on my blog at glassrain.net. So you can have a look at that as well if you want just drop me a line and uh yeah That's so it. yeah lovely listeners let's kind talk of, books that one that one kind of got away from me but. it's all good yeah we'll get the hang of it next time okay if you want to come and talk books please do that would be awesome we like books and we will see you all around the virtual campfire next time for episode 57 which is going to be about stuff Yes, how did you guess? I don't know what it's going to be about yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going now. Goodbye, lovely (laughs) listeners. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. See you soon.